Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio and on sbnationradio.com, where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios. Here's your host, Aton Shander. Yeah, the three-hour extravaganza has come and gone, and I don't know. I, I didn't watch a second of it. I knew my team, who they were playing. It all came out ahead of time. I saw the video. And there were other things I needed to watch. I actually went down an Abbott and Costello rabbit hole. I don't even know how it began, but right around 8.30 or so last night on the East Coast, when I was already past watching the schedule release, and it wasn't like some boycott. I just had zero interest in looking at what the ESPN panel would think of the Saints primetime games. And I'll tell you, the biggest thing, and we'll get to this coming up in a couple of minutes, the biggest thing that I took away from the actual schedule, forget the release, the release party, all of that, two things, and I know I said biggest, but they're really two things. One, no other sport could do this. I don't know if EPL could do this. I don't know if there's another sport in the world that could get away with shoving a three-hour schedule release party, if you will, down our throats. The other thing is this love affair with one of the eight teams, because all eight lead the way with five primetime games. And no, I'm not upset. I'm not sitting here in Philly miserable. My team got slighted. Eagles have four primetime games. That's fine with me. But there is one of eight that just doesn't belong. It's like the old Sesame Street bit. I don't even know. I know they're still doing that show. They're still making new episodes, but I don't know if they're still doing that one is not like the other. That might be completely outdated. Probably a show going on for like 40 years is going to change up its bits every now and again. I mean, you're not going to do the same radio bit for the same 30 years, right? With that said, the best part from social media standpoint for me is watching people react to the release party like, Oh, man, I can't wait. Week 13, my family still lives in Phoenix. I can't wait to go out to Arizona. What are you talking about? You're not going to your home games, let alone traveling to other stadiums. It's cool that you get to see where your team plays, but stop making travel arrangements for week 13 in the season. Kane is in the building. <laughs> Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. So we know Tom Brady, Drew Brees, open up the NFL season. And we all expect the NFL season to keep going. I, I see this competing discussion, or I guess two different discussions, if you will. Two theories. One is to just approach the fall like it's not going to happen. So that when it does happen, you are pleasantly surprised and and you're great with the reality of sports back, even if it's just the NFL and not college football. The other is to just do the opposite. 
and expect the best and hope that the worst doesn't come, which is the NFL and college football and the NBA, NHL, even baseball, all don't find ways to make this thing work later into the fall, even if there's a second wave, despite it being significantly less uh, of an impact. Even still, you, you couldn't fault people for saying, we don't feel comfortable if it's the Florida governor to the California governor all the way down to D.C. to mayors. You can't fault people for saying, well, this is back. People are dying and we don't want to open up the stadiums. I know the NBA is set for today is their date now for places to open up. A couple of teams are going to exercise that here in Philadelphia. The Sixers right over the bridge where their training facility is in Camden, New Jersey. They can't because both are shut down. So I think that you can look at a couple of different elements, which is how fair it may be, or even if you have the opportunity to go to an empty facility because your state, your city is not locked down, are you going to do it? Are you going to take whatever risk it is, or are you just going to stay home and continue to do what you're doing on your own? We saw that with the Hawks a week ago. It was just seven days ago where they shut it down in Atlanta, despite that entire state being reopened. So, Ramil Robinson, thank you, MP Roach. I, I appreciate that as the conversation was going on in the break with really myself because I, I think it's got to the point now where if you're following along on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shander Show, at Shander Show, Ron Culver's in the house, at Ron Two Ends Culver. I think Ron and, and so many other people are just tuning me out in the break in the stream. So, a lot of times it does sound like I'm talking to myself. And, of course, I got two different NBA players conflated and mistook a name and couldn't remember it that's actually relevant because there is somebody one of the two names that michael jordan refused to lose to and if you ever believe like well maybe he bet on a game or maybe he bet on himself or maybe he just bet on the bulls and we didn't really see that story any single time he would go up against sherman douglas would be a surefire bet jordan and the bulls would win 30 and 0 30 and 0. I mean, imagine the psychological terror that was being instilled upon Sherman Douglas's mind at that point. You're 28 and 0 against the Sherman Douglas team, and this guy's coming out, even if it's for five to eight minutes of the night, guarding you, guarding you off a switch. Total domination. The schedule opens up when it was leaked ahead of time, like we all knew it was leaked, and the biggest focus will be on the primetime games, of course. And that's where, for me, I was just kind of shocked that there still is so much love for one of these teams. Now, the eight teams themselves, I think seven of eight, you can make a legit argument, deserve to be in there. The one team, and this is all with the five primetime games, eight teams have five primetime games, which is pretty cool that it's spread out that much. But I don't get the love affair with the L.A. Rams. They're not a compelling football team like the seven other teams that are up there. The brand isn't a big sell like it used to be that one year where they had this boy wizard coach who was going to lead a team to knock off the Belichicks up in New England. And then you hear that cut that went viral, rightfully so, where Sean McVay is trembling. You could feel and hear his body trembling as he addresses Bill Belichick before the Super Bowl. 
You knew that game was lost the second he went up to Belichick and had a conversation. The quarterback is decent at times. He's good at he's has flashes. They pawned off a couple of their players. Granted, banged up, that's fine. The team, you can't keep holding on to L.A. You can't keep holding on to that if the team itself doesn't have compelling character. San Francisco last year in the Super Bowl. So even if you didn't know much about Debo Samuel or Jimmy Garoppolo or Richard Sherman, I don't know what rock you'd be living under. There is something compelling you can point to about a team that just lost in the Super Bowl with a head coach as big of a script as he's written in the postseason that hasn't ended well to the compelling characters you have on the team. Tight end, for example, is one of the biggest characters in the NFL. He just doesn't do it like Gronk. Other teams, you can understand why they would be thrust on there five times. You want to put the Rams on there three times, maybe even a stretch at four. Okay. Again, I'm not here to nitpick the Philadelphia Eagles as the most compelling football team in the NFL, but I would still probably raise an eyebrow, to be fair, If the Eagles were in there with those eight teams and the Rams were swapped out, I'd make the same assessment. I may not be as public or as loud about it, especially on social media, where the majority of people who follow me are in Philadelphia. I just don't know if I want to pick that fight, but I'd bring it up. I'd probably bring it up here more so than anything. But it would be an observation like, okay, yeah, I get it. The Eagles, they're a stretch. Now, there's drama surrounding the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts. So you can make an argument that any given moment in those five primetime games, if the Eagles got one more, you could see Carson Wentz go down. You could see Jalen Hurts come in. It's basically a story that's waiting to be told as soon as Carson Wentz goes down. And that could happen at any given moment. That's, I guess, the story you could sell at the very least. Are we waiting for Jared Goff to get hurt? Are we waiting for all of a sudden this offense to put up 50 a game and light up defenses and march their way to winning the NFC West? I don't think so. And I don't think that they speak a compelling storyline anymore. They had that one year. And last year, they were just such a bunch of underachievers. And you could see it pretty much throughout. And you got... Honestly, if you're an underachiever, it doesn't automatically mean you're going to be 0-16 or 3-13. and You can have talent on your football team and still underachieve and still limp your way to an 8- or 9-game season, win season. And I think that was the biggest jump for me where it didn't make sense. Just put them back on that middle tier, that 4-3 to primetime game. The other ones make sense. And if you look at how things open up, Sunday night football, Dallas at L.A., Now, you can argue what's going on Monday night, maybe a bone or two thrown, right, because the New York Giants are not normally a Monday night start-the-season type football team, but it's early. That's a game I don't like. I don't know how you could like. Steelers-Giants is going to be as ugly as it gets, especially you you were talking about week one of a very peculiar and unique offseason here. Opening night, Houston at Kansas City. I like it. Fine there. Would it be better to have, well, we already know the Tampa Bay and Drew Breeses going at it. But as far as the Texans, Chiefs, Steelers, Giants, and then that late game is Denver hosting Tennessee. Denver has an interesting story. But neither of those teams in Tennessee or Denver, even New York, Pittsburgh, 
are thrust on there on this top schedule five times throughout the primetime schedule, throughout the primetime season. On the other hand, you have the Rams. Opening up, hosting Dallas, the majority of these games will be carried by the opponent. And that's something that shouldn't be able to be used as criteria against a primetime team, a top primetime team. But that game is carried by Dallas. So if your argument is, well, look at the Rams' schedule. You know, we've got some pretty big matchups against, you know, L.A. when you look at this. Sunday Night Football, Week 6, L.A.'s in San Francisco, carried by the home team. Can they beat San Francisco? Sure, they can beat the Dallas Cowboys at home. But that shouldn't, again, be a piece of criteria to say, well, let's just pick and choose and make sure the Rams, this isn't like homecoming in high school where you got to choose the crumb cake of all crumbs to host during homecoming to make sure that seniors who rarely played got, you know, 15, 20 minutes of action. And if you're just cherry picking on games that are winnable for the Rams, again, it seems like you're justifying something that really doesn't fit with the other seven teams. At Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. Week 11, they're in Tampa. They're in Tampa. They're not carrying these games. And I think a lot of it has to do with they're just not that compelling. Two weeks later, they're hosting the Patriots. Shocker. Another team right there that's carrying the matchup. All right, beyond that, I don't know if you could find an example of anybody doing this. I don't know if a TV show, if a movie premiere... I don't know if you could get something where, think of the next big movie, right? Just what would the next big Marvel movie, I don't pay attention to a lot of this, Ron, I don't know how up to date you are on the Marvel movies and the Endgame Avengers stuff, but whatever the next, if it's a remake, let's say they're remaking The Godfather, I don't know, at this point, why not? They remake no. and everything else, no, right? That, a, some movies are untouchable, but go ahead. You, you thought that until they remade Freaky Friday. So, I'm, Are you honestly putting Freaky Friday in the same no. realm as Godfather? The point of it is that they look at the list. If you went down a list of remakes, I guarantee you there'd be no. at least 25% of that of list of that movie of movies. You would say at some point in your life, it's an untouchable movie. How they remade Point Break, Ron Culver. True. Come on. True. And it was terrible. Of course it was terrible. You cannot get rid of uh, Johnny Utah. No. Keanu Johnny Utah, I should say. Correct. But no, The Godfather, you might have an adaptation of it. You're never replacing it. Sorry. Well, there think are, about this. There are some movies that they haven't remade Casablanca. They're not going to remake Gone with the Wind. There well, those certain, movies don't hold up. Well, yeah, they do too. Gone Come with on. the you could do, you could totally uh, re-release Gone with the Wind today. You, could you couldn't remake it though. You could there, release a love story like Casablanca today. You could reinterpret it, right? right? And but that's why I'm saying you can't. You can't even. You could reinterpret the Godfather. You just can't do it. You can't uh, redo or remake the Godfather. Well, the thing about it, the difference is. Sorry, I'm, what, I'm going to stand. No, I'm no, you can on stand on this hill. wall. That's fine, as as much as you want. I'm, you need what, me on this wall. The, I think now, what if they you remade could do that is, movie, that would be a travesty as well. I'm telling you, that's coming. Look at all the movies. If you go down, some of these movies have been remade in the sense of you never heard of it, meaning a younger audience has never heard of it before, meaning 310 to Yuma 
and True, True Grit. Yeah. Like those no, I, movies I, existed I, and nobody, no yeah. young person heard of them before they were remade, right? Probably. That you, that's, I would say that's a fairly accurate statement. So I wonder if you could take a movie and it would have to be, I'm, I'm trying to compare it to the release of an NFL schedule. Right. Like it would have to be a, and all it would, all it would entail would just be the release of the cast, like a red carpet event where all you're doing is announcing and playing Mysterio is Russell Crowe. Oh, they do that all the time. Where they just have a red carpet event of announcing, not necessarily an article or a leak or something like that, but they have shows yeah. where they dedicate well, to... Well, okay, not shows, but conventions. Comic-Con does that all the time. Okay, comic... Think about this. You're talking about a, an annual event. Right, that's held yep. at something like the Except Javits Center in New York. Not this year, right? No, in New com- York no, City, Comic Con in San Diego, which is the largest comic book convention uh, in the world. Well, didn't they have it at the Javits Center one year or a couple of years? I no, know they did. The, well, uh, there, there's many. Are there multiple? There's, are there competing there's many Comic Cons? There's many Comic Cons, but the true Comic Con. When people talk Comic Con, they're always talking about the one in San Diego where uh, all the all the new sci-fi action movies. Uh, they they always have a panel there. Okay, a Comic, panel. Yeah, it's it's think the, about this. It's the place to go. You would need a live. It's not even done on TV. No, it's not. It's done live in person at an a, annual you need to have event. A ticket exactly where you're buying tickets six to seven months in advance for something the size, I'm sure, of multiple city blocks. The convention center that they hold it in. Yep, unbelievable. That's something that that's the level of popularity and. I guess vanity you would have to have, to, uh, audacity to go out there and do a three. Like, they're not doing a three-hour television show on the next cast of the Avengers movie. At Shander's show at Ron Culver's 2N. Nah, maybe an hour. I don't even know if they could get away with an hour at no, this they, point. they would do an hour panel because then they take audience questions. They talk about what, you know the movies coming up like when marvel comes out there and they would do their big release they would talk about well here's the movies that you know will be coming up in the next couple of years uh now let's introduce the cast of the next movie coming out whether you know like an avengers Endgame. and since you guys all paid tickets and probably paid you know 80 bucks to sit here for an hour and hear us talk we're going to show you a two-minute clip okay do you know what the operative phrase in there that you just said Tell paid me. 80 bucks yeah. 80 bucks, which is probably accurate, to sit there and get that same experience that the NFL offered for free three hours honestly, last night. Honestly, 80 might be on the cheaper side. I don't know. I don't know. If I would got, bet. I don't, I don't know if $80 got you into the panel. I would the bet. The Marvel panel. That got you on the outside looking in. <laughs> All right, we've got a busy hour here. Got you standing next to a Wookiee. We went to Jacksonville yesterday. We'll go to Tampa today. We'll go to both ends of the extreme to look at fan bases excited for the NFL schedule. Rock Riley in Tampa is going to join us 12 minutes from, no, an hour and 12 minutes from now. Sorry. See, this is what happens when I run late. I apologize. John Anik. That's right. The voice of UFC. Had a conversation with him earlier in the week. Let you hear some highlights of that as he's on his way to Jacksonville for UFC 249. It's all here on the second level. You're listening to the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. 
from the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios with way more than the scores. Here's Aton Shander. So I had a chance to chat with John Anik, voice of the UFC. Big card Saturday night, UFC 249. He and Joe Rogan, of course, on the call. Have a chance to hear about 10 minutes of that chat coming up in eight minutes from now. If, And I know they've already announced, shamelessly, of course, like they have no concept of how bad of an actor this man is, but they've already announced Nicolas Cage will be Joe Exotic. If it, they didn't do that, just wipe that from your memory. A hypoth- See, this is where I think they could at least get an hour. If Netflix were to do something similar as Ron Culver laid out in the previous segment at the Comic-Con where you pay 80 to $100 to get in there and see a panel. If Netflix combined that with the NFL schedule release we saw last night, did an hour show in which they took the top five or six actors that are going to be in the new Tiger King movie, had some sort of... Video announcement, discussion, doesn't need to be Q&A with the audience. Maybe it's a pre-recorded video or it's just somebody hosting it. You know, one of the guys that hosts those awful shows on Bravo, Andy something is his name. Maybe he does it, right? He comes in and he does this, or uh, Ryan uh, Seacrest does it. Take your pick. Uh, Gervais, whoever the hell you want, is the host. That's inconsequential. And you have something where Nicolas Cage and all the other people these poor, miserable people sucked into this project are announced and it takes an hour and you see a snippet or two. You know, they even preview it saying you'll see four or five minutes ahead of the movie that you won't get in a preview. And you'll go back and maybe some unreleased footage in the actual Tiger King series. I think that you could get away with an hour, I think, Ron, if you were to truly execute it that way and have a panel release who's on there, Nick Cage and all the other people, and throw in a little bit of a snippet, if you will, of what's to come and maybe some unreleased stuff in the past. I think that could work. That's probably the only thing. Other than that, right? Yeah. I'm I'm sorry. There there was a delay there. I I didn't know if you were working, so I didn't know. I'm always working. I know. That's why why I felt guilty. Slave driver on the other side of this mic. Well, we'll wait until the, the guy before me comes on. Uh, and I don't mean Tony. Yeah, I, all of them are harmless. I can handle anybody, including you. Yeah, well, I don't ask much. I just, uh, you know, every now and again, I, I put you on the spot. Like, what's the best cereal to eat dry without milk? Now that there I'm, is none. Well, I see. I disagree. No, there is none. We actually got if a you, bunch of responses. To, if you on have to Twitter. choose one, my my, uh, I guess I'd go Fruit Loops. Well, see. You're going the wrong direction, though. The what? whole idea about eating a cereal dry is to avoid ripping the top of your mouth, right? You eat Captain Crunch dry, you're no, pretty no, much well, asking. Yeah, you don't do that. Right. So I think a little bit on the softer side. A little bit. A little bit. Well, the only reason why I know is because that's what you, you, you know, well, you give babies Cheerios. So Fruit Loops is just a f- more flavorful Cheerio. So a Cheerio is still... I guess well, consistent what's your, enough. What, what, what's your go-to? Well, I don't know. I was going with these healthy, like the Whole Foods version of the Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah. 
and the honey nut that Why coating on it. Stick to, stick to the name brands: Kellogg, General Mills. Post. They don't have that at Whole Foods. And Whole yeah. Foods is the Shop only place. somewhere else. I can't. It's the look. I don't mean to sound elitist, but it's the only place that delivers. I can't get the Instacart. I can't get my giant supermarket to deliver near me. I can't get yeah. anything to deliver except Whole Foods. You're not. Why aren't you going to a store? Because there's an entire shutdown here. We're not reopened like down there in Houston. All right. We're still under code red up here. I know who ordered the code red up here. The governor. Okay, where'd you shop before then? Everywhere, Giant, Target, all the other, all the big box stores. You can't call them up and go, "Hey, you can't get Amazon to deliver you." Well, Amazon gets delivers Whole Foods. Exactly right, sir. Mm. I'm telling you, I'll pay the extra couple of bucks to not have to go into a store. I'll I'll send you a video. It's a war. It looks like Beirut in the '80s in Target where I am, and I'm in the suburbs. I've had a conversation with John Anik coming up next. I still go with something like shredded wheat. <laughs> Dealing with the root of the issues, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. John, my man, my brother, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for the time. Hope you and yours are well. Oh, it's good to hear your voice always, my man. I don't know if people know our history, but we did go to college together back in the day. It's been a busy week, but when Aton Shander shows up in your phone, you take that call every day of the week. You know, there there is a dwindling number of people on the planet that are considered in that group. And I'll always be grateful that you're in that small uh-huh. group because, you know, it gets smaller and smaller the older you get and the right. louder you are. So I'm grateful for you. And, man, it, it does. It, it is funny, though. It does feel like yesterday, right, that, that you and I were hanging with a couple of others, Brian and Joe, and just – yeah. Hanging, what was that, 20 years ago, 22 years ago? It's nuts, man, to think about meeting you in 1997, oh. and here we are 23 years later. See, it's like the last dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, man. Going back and reliving that. All right, so first off, how thrilled are you? Put this into context for everybody out there who doesn't know what the day-to-day has been like for John Anik leading up to this huge card Saturday night. How thrilled slash relieved are you to go back to work? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of us with the UFC in particular are just anxious to contribute because our boss, Dana White, has been so bullish in not trying to be back first, but just trying to be back. Big picture with the UFC, logistically, when it comes to safety and security and everything else, we're doing a show globally 41 of the 52 weeks a year and dealing with all different logistics and variables and safety concerns. So I do believe in a very general sense that the UFC was better equipped to, to try to put on a show with this global pandemic backdrop than maybe some other leagues. But yeah, man, I mean, I'm home with three kids and I know I probably could have it a whole lot worse, but it really has been an arduous 60 days of complete isolation with my immediate family. Uh, there is certainly some anxiety hitting the road. We were supposed to come back April 18th in California. Now I'm getting essentially what amounts to a home game in Florida, which uh, is certainly advantageous when it comes to the preparation and the travel and everything else. But, uh, yeah, man, I think for anybody who fancied like an early retirement and playing a bunch of golf, this has taught us by and large that most of us are workers and we want to get back to work. 
How big of a fight is this? It's always going to be like the PGA event in Laredo, Texas. That's going to be the first one to return. It's probably going to be the, like the most watched, even more than a major in the last couple of years, just because sports are back. And I understand that there are going to be, and rightfully so, and good for you and the sport, there are going to be a lot more casual eyes on Saturday night simply because a live sport is back. But when you look at it, John Anik, in the grand scheme of UFC, of mixed martial arts, how big of a matchup is the main event on Saturday night? It's huge. And even though the fight between Khabib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson for the undisputed UFC lightweight title is not the fight that is happening, Justin Gaethje is no bridesmaid. He is no second fiddle. Before he came to the UFC, he won a major promotions lightweight championship, defended it five times. He's won three consecutive fights all by finish. Gaethje is richly deserving of this showcase and an opportunity to compete for a piece of the UFC title. Of course, on the other side, Tony Ferguson hasn't lost since Cinco de Mayo 2012. He has put together what is arguably the greatest winning streak in the best UFC division. And yet, because of one circumstance or another, injuries, weird stuff, global pandemics, he hasn't competed for the ultimate prize, the undisputed UFC lightweight championship, which is just crazy for me every time I say it. But both of these athletes are just so deserving of this opportunity. And in talking to them last Friday, Aton, I mean, they are just so excited and taking so seriously this opportunity to sort of bring sports back to the American and, and global masses. It's, it's a violent fight. It's a bulletproof fight from a matchmaking standpoint. It won't. It, it, it is guaranteed to be fireworks for as long as it lasts. I certainly don't think the judges' scorecards will be needed. Uh, but it's, I think it's the perfect main event. Uh, to return after a two-month hiatus. I think it's perfect. Well, there's a prop bet out there on the global market about which fighter will be the first to bleed. And I wonder if, remember how George Costanza wore that shirt that had the chocolate on it under the red sweater in that early Seinfeld episode. Will you be wearing, is the blood-soaked shirt coming out of a frame, will you be wearing that underneath as maybe a, a memento reminder of that earlier bloodbath that you mentioned, blood shower, I think you referred it to. Aton, I've never seen anything like it when Tony Ferguson fought Showtime Pettis at UFC 229. It's one thing for us to get splattered with blood, like in our face or on our neck, right. but I had like half a pint land on my my back. I almost swore there, by the way. It landed on my back, bro, like a huge dollop. So I have the shirt next to me right now. I am going to bring it uh, to Jacksonville because Ferguson and Pettis are both fighting. The goal is to get them to sign it and eventually auction it off for charity. But I don't know. You're, you're jogging my brain a little bit. It might be uh, a good opportunity to, to wear the bloody shirt under the suit just for old times. Well, come on. Are you kidding me? This is going to be watched <laughs> by people around the world. You'd be a legend wearing that shirt on live TV broadcasting that fight not a bad thought by you and i know you have a lot of good thoughts out there and it's funny when i hear you talk about sort of the atmosphere and and the magnitude of this show because yeah when i'm packing my suitcase to go call a conor mcgregor fight it feels a little bit different but i've done almost 200 of these that if you allow yourself to think big like that i just don't think it it helps you um 
but I'm hoping we do a big number, but I guess I'm just trying to focus more on like preparing the athletes than, than thinking about the, the magnitude of the moment, which uh, I guess probably shouldn't be lost on me. Well, no, that, that's the difference is you will always walk the line of professionalism by being a human being and, and not a robot by any means. And that's why you're such a great play play by play personality but I'm the guy that's trying to get you to skip class. I'm the guy that's like, oh, come on, man. You've got one class left. It's a Thursday. What are you, a class on Friday at 1? Let's go back and hang. Right. And, and oftentimes in college when you, uh, when you laid it out that way, I did skip that class. That's true. And look, it, and it didn't hurt you. It might have hurt me, but it didn't <laughs> hurt me at all. Who is the first to bleed on, in this main event? Is Ferguson going to be – it's even odds for both fighters. Right. And both guys bleed. Both guys have scar tissue. I would imagine with 11 fights before them that uh, that canvas w- will already be painted and trickled with blood by the time Ferguson and Gaethje make the walk. But, you know, if you're asking me to, uh, from a betting perspective, I think you would have to bet on the underdog bleeding first right if it's close to even money and yes. Gaethje has said publicly this week that he looks forward to having his nose broken so I think Gaethje bleeds first but uh I don't know if he'll be the last man bleeding if you if you catch my drift John you mentioned uh Pettis as well is there another fight maybe it's that maybe it's Greg Hardy that people should have an eye on and it's something that it, even getting there a little early maybe a couple of hours early and, and focusing on a fighter or a match that you think is going to be worth people's time. Not to say that others won't, but I'm saying one that would stand out even beyond the great card that we have. Right. Well, this is not promotional hyperbole when I say this is the deepest card that I have been assigned to. Nice. A lot of people thought the UFC was going to load it up, which we have done because we lost a few cards. We lost a few main events. Like Francis Ngannou, who is our Mike Tyson, the scariest puncher to have ever graced that octagon, he was supposed to fight in a main event against Jarzinho Rosenstrike on March 28th. Now that's a featured bout on pay-per-view because obviously that card went away. So obviously this fight card has gained a lot of steam. But even the ESPN prelims, right? Like the first fight you'll see on ESPN at middleweight, Uriah Hall, an electric striker, taking yeah. on one of the most credentialed Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioners in UFC history in Jacare Souza. You know, the karate hottie fighting former champion Carla Esparza. It is truly an embarrassment of riches, and if ever there were a night to sit down and devote yourself to seven hours of live UFC coverage. I know the promotion cuts my check, but I'm telling you, this is the night to do it. And and look, I mean, you're you're right there at the top, and rightfully so, and you have a hell of a co-host as well. How often, oh. uh, what what type of discussions do you have that aren't UFC related? Well, it's interesting because Joe Rogan has now been my primary broadcast partner for three years, and he's right. an A-list celebrity, which injects a little bit of a different dynamic into the relationship. We, we've never been as close as we are now. What's funny is that we'll talk about coffee and pop cultural things, but for the most part, bro, when we're sitting in the back before the show, we're talking about fights because it's the most common ground that Joe and I have. And we're just excited to talk about fights with each other without having to stay grounded to all of the broadcast things for a little bit. So most of our conversations, either over text or in person when we're not on the air, end up being about fighting. But he's a fascinating individual and really big picture for me. He's embraced me to such an extent. You know, this is a guy who worked with one guy for 20 years in a two-man booth, and then all of a sudden 
you know, he gets a new play-by-play guy, and he's a three-man booth now instead of two. So I give Rogan all the credit in the world. It's absolutely criminal that he's never been nominated for a sports Emmy in this country. I don't know what else he needs to do, but uh, it always feels more special when he's to my right, that's for sure. Well, I, I mean, personally, I have no problem in the world believing that he, he immediately warmed up to you. I, I also have a very difficult uh, I, I guess I, it's very difficult for me to believe that at no point Elon Musk smoking with Rogan ever did not come up between the two of you. Oh, of course. Of course. I think I'm on the short list of guys who hasn't had a chance to to burn one down with the great Joe Rogan. Maybe what? Maybe got to move to the West Coast. But uh, hopefully at some point in the not-too-distant future we can cross that off the bucket list. But uh, – <laughs> Yeah, you can be sure we've talked about that Elon Musk episode a time what, or two. All right, just one last thing, all right, and, and I promise yeah. I won't take up any more of your time, brother. I know it's a, a crazy weekend to be leading up for you, and, and again, UFC 249 is the main event. What's the craziest thing you've ever had a conversation with Rogan about? Cool. Just like something Maybe that you never having... thought in a million years you'd be talking to anybody about, and oh, by the way, it was with Joe Rogan. Yeah, that's a good question. I, the first thing that came to mind was was weight cutting and some of the extreme measures that people have gone to in the past. And this is not a UFC story, but I once heard a story, Aton, of, of a fighter uh, like withdrawing blood from his system to try to make weight. So I remember vividly wow. talking to Joe about that and and blowing his mind a little bit with that detail. Nice. But, uh, He's just he just has a special energy, man. You know what I mean? And I think just his dry humor in the dressing room uh, is is just as valuable as anything on the broadcast. He's just a special, special, unique guy. Awesome, John. Again, at John underscore Anik on Twitter. Main. I actually got into a beef a couple of years ago with a local Philadelphia host because I referred to you as the voice of UFC. And he was saying, no, 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 that's Rogan, that's Rogan. And I said, no, the play-by-play guy is the voice. You could say the color commentator is the face or whatever else, but whenever you refer to the, like, Eli Gold, right, the voice of Alabama football, that's what it is. It's the voice. So I actually, you know, it almost came to blows in the studio sticking up for you. This is the lengths I go for you, Anik. Well, I appreciate that, and I'm, I'm hoping Bruce Buffer is not in his native Philadelphia and listening right now because he is the veteran voice of the Octagon and takes great issue with people calling me the voice. No, I'm kidding. Well, we'll listen, I, fight, I but, never uh, saw Buffer on these streets. I'm out here in these streets, all right? I'm in Philly. That's right. That's right. But, no, I appreciate the support, of course. And, uh, you know, when Dana White's your boss, you don't take the seat for granted. So I may be yep. the lead play-by-play voice for the MMA leader right now, but i got to go earn that seat in a few days and – and that's something that I take pretty seriously, and uh, hopefully we have a good one. We haven't had a perfect show yet, buddy. Maybe this weekend. Well, I'm, I'm hoping, and again, you know what would push it over the top? Maybe what makes it a 99% show to a 100% show is that blood-soaked shirt. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. We'll see. Well, I'll pack it for you. I promise you that. It'll be in the car. Thanks, John. I love you, man. Love you, buddy. Thanks for having me. All right, that's John Anik, at John underscore Anik on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. Dr. Paul Glatt, Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. What are the odds? Fox Sports Radio, The Gambler, presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. So, as mentioned, was throwing this around earlier, 
on Twitter at Shander Show. We're trying to find the perfect dry cereal to eat during the pandemic. You know, milk will weigh you down. And if you don't have kids, I, I get it. You probably don't have much milk in there. If, if you're 35 without children, you're probably not eating a lot of cereal. But dry cereal is very underrated because it can also serve as a snack. And if you're completely without a clock, like the majority of us are now, even I may have one on the wall, but your internal clock is shot. So I was waiting for this answer in specifics, not just the type of cereal, but the reason why. And an, I joke, of course, with shredded wheat because that'll rip the mouth, uh, the top of your mouth at least, open. But JB at JDBats79 tweets, Cookie Crisp. It's literally just cookies, which you usually eat without milk anyway. That's probably the best explanation of the best answer. Now, what's, see, again, you're not eating this for any type of health kick because we would have separated the two. I even led on my Twitter question with Count Chocula's pretty damn good because while you still have those grainy type pieces of cereal in there, it's loaded with chocolate marshmallows that don't need milk to activate. Cookie Crisp is essentially just a bowl of cookies. <laughs> and that's all it is. My mom wouldn't get it for me when I was a kid because they were flagrant about the advertising. Now, I don't know how you get around it. The damn name is Cookie Crisp, right? So I don't necessarily know how you could market that as anything other than cookies in a bowl. And I remember thinking, yeah, I want Cookie Crisp. I don't want flakes. I don't want O's. I don't want oats. I don't want honey. I want Cookie Crisp. I saw you like that tweet, Culver, so you must think I'm on to something. It's just, yeah, it's a bowl of cookies. Well, that could be the best answer here. You can't go Cinnamon Toast Crunch. No, you can't. Because I think that is meant to be that crisp. And plus, let's add, let's be honest, milk adds a different variable. So there are some great cereals that are only good wet, not dry. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. you got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. Got a very busy, ambitious hour here, and you've got... Once again, on brand, a report coming out from Major League Baseball. This one regarding the Cleveland Indians being told to prepare for a July 1st return. That in the backdrop of what happened last night, where you have a three-hour schedule release extravaganza, only to be met with extreme skepticism today by none other than the governor of California. So from Goodell to Newsom... And then, oh, by the way, this little variable we'll throw into the conversation. The CFL, that's right, the Canadian Football League commissioner. And the immense doubt that he's casting over the probability of them having a season. And then, as it would just be a typical day in NFL discussions, you have the Raiders selling out, as you would expect, every single home game in Vegas. All of that fake news comes your way, 1225 Eastern, 1240. We'll go to Tampa, 
and chat with Rock Riley. But I'm being told, and again, we beg you at this point because you'll miss a lot, to pay attention during the stream, in the, on the stream during the break. We're live for the, the full two hours in commercial breaks, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. At Shander Show for me, Ron Culver at Ron's two ends Culver. And uh, you have a question. Now, I have no idea what this is because I did want to sneak in the new odds that are out for the Celebrity Poker Tournament. So I don't know if this has anything to do with that or if it's a completely no. new. All right, so this just shows you. We don't prepare for anything here. It's just all on the fly, on the spot stuff. No, because, yeah, I'm going to say this. You're well-versed in sports gambling more so than I am, right? And so this is this is a legitimate question that I might have, you know, we, we need to get into. Okay, do you want to ask the question now? We'll take some time to think about it in the break. No, because you might know the answer right away. I don't know. Well, I'll tease it. How about that? Okay, sports gambling question. NFL, contingency plan. Okay, so that's the, all right, we'll talk about that. Ron will ask the question. Maybe I have an answer. You never know. the root of the issues. It's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, so let's look at this because the NFL did put out a schedule flexibility contingency plan. And yeah. that feeds into your question yeah. about what happens if, in fact, everything continues and, the way it is. And we're gonna I'm just going to highlight one specific game. All right? So, you know, the, the week one's NFL lines came out almost immediately. as as if Vegas already knew. <laughs> um, and so the first game of the season, uh, Texans at Chiefs, is uh, what, it's a 10.5 right now? Yes. In favor of the Chiefs? Yes. Chiefs are laying double digits which to is start crazy. The season. Yeah. Now, here's something you have to look at. Adam Thompson, bookies.com, he's going to join us next week, I think Monday or Tuesday. And he has a, an article, just real quick to jump in, because this may factor into what you're asking. But he has an article that basically says, take away a point, maybe even a point and a half, when it comes to home field advantage this year, assuming nobody's going to be in the stands. So if you, get, if you can get a game... And you have all things are equal, like a divisional opponent. A lot of times it's oh, three points just home. Now home field might only be worth one and a half points. So that has a huge factor uh, into it. Ten and a, which means ten and a half is probably like 13 in a normal offseason. Right. Now here's, here's my question to you, okay? Because according to the NFL contingency plan, one of the things that they said was, and you know, there's a couple of things on there. There's four main specific things. One dealing with the Super Bowl, which we don't have to worry about. But it, one of the things that's on there says any week could be opening week. Meaning, if the NFL has to push back games, they're not pushing back the start of the season. They're not going to take that first Thursday game and just say, well, we're going to roll that back three to four weeks back. What they're going to do is take that game that you can lay a bet on today and roll it past week 17 and extend right. the season. So essentially, let's just say, hypothetically, the NFL can't start until week four of their schedule. Correct. Weeks one through three will be then pushed to the back end. It will be 18, 19, 20. Right. If you want now, to look at it that way. 
Now, uh, my my, and you know what? We could actually do this if we wanted. We could get some people on from the book, like Joe Asher. I'm sure CEO William Hill, uh, Bush. I have a guy but here. But you locally. get where I'm going with this, right? What what happens to a futures bet? Well, say the bet that you laid down today. You took yeah, Chiefs ten and a half. Yeah. So if here's what should happen. If you okay, when we know this, and assuming we'll know this before week one, hopefully of the regular season. <laughs> but here's the thing: either way, even if it's eight hours before the expected kickoff of the bet that you placed, even if you placed it four months ago, it doesn't matter. As long as it happens, as long as this change happens before kickoff, obviously, right? So if that's the case, in my opinion, and again, we can talk to two people that I know right away from William Hill and the other from the Hard Rock here in South Jersey, Atlantic City. But in my opinion, the book should immediately refund the bet and reopen it up as a different futures bet. Because just like any other game right now that you can bet on, I have odds on every single Eagles game for all 16 of these games. I know I can bet week 15, week 16, and there's a probability, of course, of somebody getting hurt. But those odds were set with that in mind. It wasn't set like it was a week one game. So you, I mean, so what you're saying is, I mean, you could either keep the 10 and a half points if you wanted to and say Mahomes goes down with a uh, season ending injury. And you're like, you know what? I'm going, I'm going rolling with the Chiefs. They're my team. Ten and a half. You can keep it, or you can say, hey, um, yeah, my home's got hurt. I need to redo this. I need to cancel this. I don't know the legit legalities of it, but I, I feel like if you're the book itself and you've taken this bet, it should be refunded, and then because it's a unique situation, it, it isn't is like completely. It unique. isn't like you know you're looking at week eight, week nine. You're you're placing a futures bet on week nine right now, and say Carson Wentz goes down, like that'll kind of skew the numbers a bit. Um, I'm just saying hypothetical Philly. You know Carson Wentz never goes down with injury. Crickets. Well. I think right now, Sorry, if you're betting that. any, no, that, that if you're betting any game, kind of pick on Wentz there. That's fine. No, but again, I, I think that's a very bettable thing. But yeah, but you I could mean, bet on starts for Jalen Hurst this year. It's a very bettable yeah, thing. But I mean, that's but that's my thinking was okay. You're making this bet. It's the you know the essentially what it could boil down to is the opening game this season could be end up being the ending the closing game this season. We have no idea. Or the closing game of the regular season, the right. way things get rolled out. We have no idea how – I mean, maybe they don't open Thursday, but they're op- able to open that weekend, or they'll probably just cancel the whole week anyways. But that's – you know, along those lines is, okay, how does that work with betting with so much flexibility going on? Well, I, I think you look at it right now, and everything is looked as it's going to move as normal. There, there is no indication from the NFL until somebody right. tells the NFL they can't play that they won't play. And Newsom is basically saying in California, your timeline NFL doesn't add up with my timeline. But there is still, even when you look at some of the comments that Gavin Newsom comes out, the California governor comes out with, mm-hmm. It's difficult for me to imagine a stadium that's filled until we have immunity, until we have a vaccine. A lot of the comments are meant specifically as a deterrent for fans thinking they can be in these stadiums. But nothing has really shut down what could be deemed as 400, let's say, essential personnel. And, you know, UFC this weekend 
is a great test case. If, in fact, Major League Baseball is ambitious as they are, thinking they can start July 1st, that will be an interesting test case. That's one thing I think the NFL is banking on, Ron, is they don't have to get this right right now. They don't have to get this right in July. They can wait. I mean, the NFL, the only reason why we had a schedule release party yesterday was because it was on the calendar for the NFL, and the NFL's like, hey, we're doing business as usual right now. Absolutely. And yeah, there's they, no, if there's no knew, catalyst to change it. And they may already know, and they may just not be releasing to the public, but if they knew, and we, if we all knew that there was no chance that the NFL was going to start September 10th, we would not have uh, seen any of these NFL schedules Correct. released. Correct. Not to say that baseball normally has something like this, or the NBA or anything right. normally has this, but no it, th- that's right. They would not be able to get away with it. And in fact, I would expect uh, shortly, if uh, baseball rumors are true and they're asking players to start you know, reporting June 1st for training and all that stuff, that we will get a modified schedule here in the, probably in the next week or two and of that's what a, to expect. But that's another thing that factors into your question. There are futures across the board right now. You can bet futures in Major League Baseball for this season. This season, until we're told otherwise, the assumption is that they're going to play 162. Now, you and I believe, and like a lot of people believe, that ain't going to happen. Right. But well, they're not playing 162. They're not. But way. they. But see, here's the thing. The books will take your bet right now with the assumption that they are until somebody right. says otherwise. Hey, that brings me. That brings another question. Okay, say say there is no baseball season. Say it gets canceled, and the, you know, just there's just no way they could not figure out a way to do it. There's just. You know, by the time we can get baseball rolling in America, we're in the bad weather right. situation. Right. And so this just makes it. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Do you remember the bet that you and I joked about? I said it was probably a safe bet. Damian Williams. Super Bowl bet. Yeah. Super Bowl bet. Damian Williams carries versus uh, Alex Bregman getting hit by a pitch. What if you did take a bet on that? Do you get the. I mean, how does that work? Does it just become null and void? And Yep. It gets returned. Just gets returned? Because anything surrounding the baseball season, it, it was exactly what happened on a smaller level with my future bet in the XFL. I had Dallas before the season even started. It looked like Dallas, despite Landry Jones, it wasn't going to happen. Yet I needed the season to officially be canceled. When they were going through no more games and all these other things, we were looking around like, at some point you have to return these futures. And finally... Until the up until the XFL gave official world word, part of me, they did not return those bets. So it's the same thing with Major League Baseball, where they're going to have to definitively come out and say no shot. And that again, the NBA did the same thing. NBA futures right now are still up. If you have a thousand dollars on the Lakers winning the NBA championship at the start of the year, that is yet to be returned to you. Because they have not officially canceled anything. I think it's the same thing with NHL futures. In fact, my Flyers futures bet that I took way back when, it seems like 10 years ago I placed that bet for the Flyers when they were really hot earlier this year, that hasn't been refunded to me because the NHL has yet to cancel. And I don't think it will be refunded to you because you should never bet on the Flyers. Well, I get that money. I'm pouring it right into <laughs> South Korean baseball. It, yeah, I, you have I no would. idea how easy this sport is to bet on. There are 10 teams. That's it. The, the talent pool. If you have a bad team in the South Korean Baseball League, you, you're not pulling yourself out of it. So who's been your favorite go-to so far? The Dinos. The, of course, the Dinos. Well, that's the thing is you bet good teams. No, that's what I know. NC Dinos. Because you don't know any different. No. Although, look, they just lit up the LG Twins 13-5 to today. Yeah, I remember the LG Twins. 
See, I, you know what's a really good it was bet? A wild night in college. The Maybe LG Twins. Me. What school did you go to? San Diego State. <laughs> no, Cal State Northridge. Oh, that's right, Cal. You told me that already. Right. I met the door. Cal State Northridge. Yep. No, the NC Dinos. The best bet you can take in Korean baseball is who wins the first five innings, and you take the heavy favorite. Like, look at the heavy favorites each night, and it's going to be the NC Dinos. The South Korean Wyverns are pretty damn good as well. And if they're playing a bad team, like the LG Twins right now, they may have been great back in Ron's day, but right now they're one in three. So if you have another game, let's say a team tomorrow, 4 a.m. Saturday, all right, you're being told this right now on Friday, you have plenty of time to place this bet. Take the NC Dinos to win on the money line the first five innings because they're going to win. They were up 7-1 after five against LG. It's not going to change. There's your South Korean betting tidbit of the day. All right? We need imaging for that. Where else can you get that? Well, we don't even have imaging fake news yet. We don't. We don't. It's it's been it's being worked on. Last I heard. Speaking of which, we have that coming up next. Culver's got four stories. One of them is fake. I'll do my best, but I need your help. Twitch.tv slash Shander shows. Hey, you can watch again. SB Nation Radio, SBNationRadio.com, at Shander Show at Ron Two Ends Culver on Twitter. It's all here on the second level. You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. All right, we do this each and every time this, around this time each and every day. Rod Culver, fake news, four stories. One of them is fake. What do you got, brother? I got, uh... I got a fake story for you. I don't I'm know sure which one. Do. I can't remember which one it was. I put it in the tabulator and shifted them all around. But do you not have any idea ahead of time? Which one's fake? Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, okay. So Matter you and I figure this out together. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I write the questions out, and then eventually it just lets me know which story is fake. Awesome. Awesome. So, all right. I'm ready. Story number one is actually a little-known fact that the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, let me try that again. The is there no, a priest prize? Like the Nobel priesties? Nobel Peace Prize. Oh. Not the priest pies, but the Nobel Peace Prize for physics has been awarded to a scientist who proved that a tree falling in the woods really does make a sound. How much money do you think was put into this study? Billions. Oh, my God. I, don't, I, don't, I doubt billions, but you know it was a hefty chunk because uh, yes. it's one it, of, of those it was absurd here. studies. That you're just, you said he said back like really we paid money for this the university gave you money for that. That's what I'm saying. Like, how can you look at anybody seriously if that's what your grant is for and that's what you've done? I remember, Who in the science world is enabling this? I remember hearing a story once of uh, some scientists who were working really hard to figure out how to separate the enzyme in an onion. Yeah, the the enzyme in that onion that makes you cry. Because we're such wimps when it comes to cooking yeah. that we can't deal with an onion that brings tears to your face. For, we, we are maybe, s- for maybe two or three minutes. I you know what else, you know yeah. what else uh, cures that, by the way? If you didn't know, chewing just, gum. 
Chewing gum? Oh, I thought just yeah. looking away would help. No, too. Chew, well, that does. But chewing mint gum, if you're if <laughs> I you didn't have know to, mint gum. if you have to chop onions up, just uh, throw in a stick of like juicy fruit or whatever your go-to mint gum is, and that'll uh, you won't cry when chopping an onion. Nice. I, I did not know that. Next but, time yes. I chop onions, I'll be bringing my juicy fruit. But a scientist was awarded the Nobel Peace oh. Prize for physics for proving that a tree Nobel falling Peace in prize. the woods. Unbelievable. Peace yeah. Prize. Of Peace all Prize. Things. Yeah. It does kind of devalue the well, Peace Prize, doesn't it? Yeah. You, you notice that they, they have like Nobel Peace Prize for literature, physics, chemistry. So right. Where, where's the peace in that? Yeah, seriously. And the best stuff usually comes <laughs> under the stress of war anyway. Somebody's bombing your country. You're going to be more motivated to come up with something exactly. than if you just have no, all the time in the world, like right? That guys, that, uh, what was his name? Oppenheimer, who built the atom bomb? Yes. Got the Peace Prize for chemistry or physics or something like that for building a bomb? Unbelievable. Fantastic. Well, Nobel himself, he was the creator of dynamite. That's right. Any, anything at all comes under the stress and duress of war. It's amazing. Yep. All right, story, story one. two. Story number two, according to the European Space Agency, human urine could one day become a useful ingredient in making concrete to build on the moon. Now, is this the plot of the new Tom Cruise movie in space? I think it is. Building a city on the moon with cement mixed from urine? Yes. What? Why is this fascination with the moon resurfacing? I have no idea. I know. I thought a, we went to the moon. We were like, a okay. super moon. Just this uh, recently. But it's still the same rock. You're just seeing more of it. Well, actually, <laughs> you're not. In what? You're not seeing more of it. It just appears like you're seeing more of it. As far as well, a full moon, moon versus well, a, a half full, moon. Well, I was saying a super moon versus a full moon. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just saying as far as the moon itself, you might see shades of it, depending on where right. we are in the rotations of the planet. But the rock itself is still a cold, lifeless, sterile moon. You can't get anything out of that. Until we start building buildings full of urine. Well, is that really, is that all the moon is worth right now is just an annex? Are we annexing part of this world to the moon? Well, you know that you can buy a piece of the moon right now. Well, you can also buy a star. You want to do that? Yeah, but I think your claim of the moon might be more realistic than a star. I don't know at this point. I think Elon Musk is probably the only one who could claim real estate on the moon. Uh, Him and Tom Cruise. That's well, Cruz. Yeah, he's just using this whole. That's what he's really doing. Is he's using this movie thing to as an excuse to buy stock in whatever city, mega city, some mall that's no, going to get put no, up. It's to buy real estate because there's pretty much none left on Earth. So our next closest thing is the moon. We got to well, yeah, start you're going to have to put on the moon. I, I'm going to have to put all those moon diamonds. Yeah, but yes, uh, European Space Agency says human urine will be useful, a useful ingredient in concrete. Ah, oh, unbelievable. Okay. Story number three. Remember when Tiger Woods could not activate his glutes? Remember that? Yes. Yeah, we, we all had good fun with that one. Uh, well, he's got nothing on Queen Guitar's Brian May, who tore his glutes gardening. Really? Brian May? Brian May. How This has to be the worst accident in the last five or, or ten Think years, back, right? You know, when you have those uh, spring break accidents... Yeah, because, you know, there's just a running list. It's always fun how, oh, no, he hurt himself, uh, you know, doing something manly. It was like, oh, no, he got his fingernail caught in a fish hook, and now he can't pitch for two days. Right. There's, you know, there are always some bizarre, weird stories. But this this ranks right up there. Brian May, guitarist, tours glutes, gardening. Okay, so here's the thing. You definitely have to be in shape 
at some point. Like, you have to be in music shape. I'm not saying you have to be in football shape, but if you can't just, even if you're a good guitarist, you can't just pop up in the middle of some 50-city tour and expect that you can hang with a big group, right? Right. So I'm saying this in the sense of Brian May doesn't have to be a world-class athlete, but come on. Who you still in somewhat shape to be do, able to be touring and playing and everything? I, I feel like this is still on that line of embarrassment. Like just because he's not a professional athlete doesn't remove the element of embarrassment, right? You tore your glutes gardening. Tore your glutes gardening. All right. Well, that's story three. That's story three. Story four is the Twitter battle you never knew could happen, and it actually did happen. Where Axel Rose took on. Secretary of Treasury Steve Munchen. And now this it, I actually did say. Oh, you did say. Okay. Yeah. Well, and now you only... know that it's now you know that's the fake story. Well, <laughs> well I, I saw had it. to bring it up. I, I saw just... it, and and I I couldn't believe, like I didn't recognize when they put that side by side pick. <laughs> I didn't recognize Axel. Did you? No, no. I didn't, Until I didn't... they told me it was Axel Rose, I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Uh, I just love the fact that it's those two going toe-to-toe. Well, the best part about this whole thing (laughs) is in Munchen's response, he tried, and I don't know how you messed this up, but instead of putting the American flag, he put the Liberian flag. So uh, this this whole, all right, let's recap the first three then, (laughs) since we can take the fourth one out as being real. You know, happy Friday. Your your odds the odds are ever in your favor now. That's true. Instead of a fifty fifty, I did a thirty three sixty six. There you go. So, story one seemed a little fishy. I'm gonna go. Well, Brian May tearing his glutes. I I think that's real too. I'm gonna go story two. Is my guess. That's story my two, final the, answer. Uh, the human urine that yes. could be useful yes. to make buildings on the moon now mike delaney's been wrong all week he agrees with me too as well on twitch twitch.tv slash shander show so we'll either be right or wrong together still got a little more time no no i want you to let you know we've got rock riley coming up next so i don't want to know no i know we're not gonna have rock in it but i'm saying you got about you know a minute left here to figure it out to hash it out no i'm good i'm locked in pull the audience a little bit more nope i got mike who weighs in and it's like in final jeopardy where you know the answer you just let the theme sit let it go absolutely i'm sitting back and make a face to the camera relish in your accomplishments until they tell me oh it was the canterbury tales yep not yeah exactly well, Not Beowulf. The, the Brian May story, in fact, is true. You gotta, you gotta feel bad for the old rocker. I do feel um, bad for Brian. He did end up tearing his glutes. Oh, uh, which leaves one or the other now? Story yeah. one or story two? Yeah, story number one about the uh, tree falling in the woods really does make a sound. I have no doubt that it does make a sound, but no scientist has ever won a Nobel oh, Prize see, for that. You fooled me because I feel like I could go down a list and find about twenty grants that were even more ridiculous. Oh, I'm not saying that a That's why you didn't got get me. a grant for it. I'm just saying he didn't win a prize for it. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, so yesterday we looked at a team that we thought 
going into the NFL schedule release would be the least excited, and really by a mile. So Mark Long from the Associated Press joined us yesterday in Jacksonville to pretty much confirm that the only real excitement that would be happening for that team, not even being able to go to the extra home games you have due to the pandemic, would be looking at your squad, ensuring an 0-16 season to draft the quarterback of the future. Well, that's the complete opposite, really. The 180 we could find for the level of excitement now. Forget disappointment in Jacksonville, but that's the level of excitement. The energy is palpable as it is bubbling over in Tampa. And we go to Rock Riley on the progressive guest line at Real Rock Riley, WTMP, 1150 a.m. and 97.5 FM, 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern time. And you can also see him, hear him on, uh, pardon me, Lightning Hockey Night Live. Rock, Aton Shander, SB Nation Radio. Appreciate you, brother. How you doing? Ah, it couldn't be any better. Couldn't be any better. Thank you, Tom Brady. Thank you, Gronkowski. Thank you, NFL. Thank you for gorgeous weather here in Florida. Yeah, seriously. Like, if you needed anything extra, already living in a paradise of a climate in Tampa, you get spoiled. You get Gronk, Brady before that. This fan base has to be through the roof, unlike you've ever seen, maybe in another sport on top of this. I'll tell you, you know, when you do this, Aton, you're supposed to be, you know, when you're in the media, you certainly don't want to be Joe Fanboy. <laughs> you know, you try to call it, you try to call it like it is. And normally when they had this schedule released over the years, I used to do a half hour TV show and I would try to do the whole thing on the schedule and you look the next day and really, eh, once you get the schedule down for that team, really you can't drag it on. I found myself last night. I got this TV on the patio here. I I didn't realize it. At one point, I was like, I was off the couch, and I was standing two feet, no social distancing, next to my TV. I was standing up, locked in, ESPN, NFL draft. Oh, just hearing NFL talk, NFL talk, NFL talk. And because there is a chance the Buccaneers could be good, I'm even jacked up. I think at some point, like, who would hold you accountable, right? You would That would be somebody who would basically out themselves on your show as either not from Tampa or not worthy of your time. Can you imagine somebody calling you up and being like, hey, Rock, Rock, you know, can you tone it down a little bit? Can you please stay objective that they got Tom Brady and then Gronkowski? You would have every right to ban that caller from your show. Listen, I have been accused of sometimes drinking too many beers. And I do suffer from Anheuser's, but is it, you know, I had a couple of guests on today and I'm like, do you, do you really, do you realize that Tom Brady's the starting quarterback for the Bucks? Do you realize Rob Gronkowski is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? It almost hasn't settled in because we haven't seen him on the field yet, you know? No, absolutely. And you get last night. What was the discussion like heading into last night? We were in Jacksonville yesterday, and it was the complete opposite. People just couldn't wait to get this season over with. Meanwhile, in Tampa, you guys will savor every single bite of the juiciest steak. What was it like heading into last night? Oh, every everybody was like, okay, how many primetime games? And a lot of people were, they didn't realize the NFL caps it at five. Right. So they got five. And you want to go even further? It was like 
oh, my God, how many 4 o'clock games are we going to have? Because the Buccaneers never play at 4 o'clock. And in September and October, it's 95 degrees with 85% humidity for those 1 o'clock games. So they ended up getting four 4 o'clock games. And then the five primetime games, one Thursday, two Sunday, two Monday night, it was like Christmas, man. Well, you know what's crazy is if you look at maybe a little pushback on the schedule, who knows, let's just say hypothetically, you know, they need another month or so. We know they're going to tack it on to the back end. You guys have a, a nice, juicy stretch you mentioned that the Thursday night, but then the, the two Sunday and the Monday, that's jammed in. You've got two Sunday night games, week seven through nine, and then in the middle of that is a Monday night game against the Giants, which is definitely winnable no matter where you play that on the moon. That's a winnable football game. That might even be, like, worst-case scenario for the NFL, which is they have to push it back a month, could be best-case scenario where the Bucks are going to get moved up in their primetime schedule. <laughs> I mean, I'm almost, like, giddy over it. No, you're exactly right. They've got a really, really good schedule. And the thing about it is, now, it's weird now, Aton, because we still don't know. Are there going to be fans? Right. If there are going to be fans, is it going to be 15,000? So, you know, there's that factor. Because, I mean, they open up at New Orleans, 4 o'clock. But, again, if you play in the Dome and there's no fans, then it's really not the home field advantage. Same thing on this side, you know, when some of these teams come in here. And, like, some of these fans, you know, they're selling tickets like crazy. I noticed today on the secondary market, I mean, it's going to cost you a lot. These fans, even, even if you've got to have a mask, even if you've got to be six feet away, they still want to go to these games. And overall, I mean, the Buccaneers knew that they were going to get prime time. They did. But now, okay. Beautiful. It's almost like when you get a new gig. I was told this by one guy that's been in this business, business we've been in a long time. It's like, it's so exciting. You interview, you interview. Everybody wants to get into radio, TV, doing sports casting. You get the gig. And then one guy said, okay, this is your best you'll ever have it now. Now, you got to do what the boss tells you. you got to work extra hours. Ah. And it's almost like, okay, great. We got it. And now you got the schedule. But now you got to do it. That's the difference, is to go out and execute. But you know you've got so much time right now from when that schedule yeah. was, was released last night to even a preseason game, depending on when it may be in the calendar. So one thing that we've done now, and it's become less and less taboo and more the, the norm, of course, even if it's on the quote-unquote global market, right, we'll bet the hell out of futures. So I'm looking yeah. at the Bucks. You guys are favored in 12 games this year. There's one pick em, and that only leaves three dogs. Now, you can look at some of those bigger teams and, and say, all right, well, you know, it may make sense if you're opening up in New Orleans, let's say, as a five-point dog week one. But to be favored in 12 games, that's pretty cool in its own right for a team that probably hasn't had that in a while. Yeah, it's almost it, – it, honestly, it's almost scary because I've gotten a lot of calls saying, hey, man, this is the Cleveland Browns of last year, you know, with all the hype and everything, and then they laid an egg. But, you know, Brady is different than Baker Mayfield. And it's not only the weapons, but also that defense got better at the end of the year. And you bring back Jason Pierre-Paul. You bring back the Dominican Sioux for a year. Shaq Barrett, he's probably not going to get all those sacks. You got young linebackers. They picked up a kid in the safety uh, second round. So with Todd Bowles and the defense, I think that is really the key 
to this to this entire season. But it makes me a little nervous when you see, like you said, what twelve games, man. Yeah. I mean that's that 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 you know those, and they're in the NFC South. You know, I mean you're going to face Drew Brees two times in New Orleans, so it, so everybody's in the same boat. But some teams like the Saints, they're not doing any virtual workouts, classroom stuff, nothing. Sean Payton said you just come to camp in the best shape that you have. Now, for the Bucs, you got Brady. It's going to be a new system for him. They're doing these virtual workouts. Um, they've got to do that. But Bruce Arians, man, he's done a lot of interviews over the last couple of days. He thinks, young guys, this is going to hurt. He thinks offensive linemen, young, this is going to hurt. Because when they come out of college in these offenses anymore, some of these guys don't even put their hand on the ground. So it depends on who's going to hit the ground running if and when we do get to train camp. I wonder, Rock, when you look at everything kind of big picture and the just huge excitement level of Tom Brady, how much were the indiscretions, if you will, covered locally versus nationally where you know Tom Brady getting busted in the park or Tom Brady walking into his neighbor's home thinking it's Byron Leftwich's like How much of that was looked at as, come on, man, you know, shape up versus – well, it's Tom Brady. He's here. He's new. He can do whatever the hell he wants. That's, there you go, right there. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't necessarily fault you for that, Rock. If he were here in no, Philly, I'd probably say the same thing. <laughs> you know what? I mean, they, uh, okay, okay. So here, here, here's a little behind the scenes. I work with Martin Gramatica. Martin Gramatica, former Buccaneer kicker. Yes. Uh, his family's from Argentina. He said... After Brady got kicked out of the park in Tampa, that was the top story in the sports section in Argentina. It shows you that it's Brady and there's nothing else going on. And then a former Buccaneer, he was a Gator, he was on the Survivor Show, Brad Culpepper, it's a lawyer in town. I had him scheduled to come on. I didn't know. I had a ESPN.com story. He's the neighbor of Derek Jeter. So he lives right next door. And he was saying that people are now are constantly pulling up in their jet skis and their boats, yelling, Tom, Tom, Tom. And Brady is not, he's used to heavy security. It's not a gated area, the Jeter mansion that he's living in. So uh, there is a fence, but Brady put up this canvas surrounding the entire thing because he's not used to the um, publicity. And then the fact that, you know, he went to Leftwich's house, and it was the wrong house, and the guy called TMZ, and then that blew up. He did buy jet skis, and he's been out trying to jet ski with his kids, and then people are recognizing him and coming coming over to him. So it's kind of funny, because yesterday Bruce Arians was asked about, hey, man, he went to the wrong house. He's like, he's got to get familiar with the new surroundings faster. That's the only negative I could see so far. Rock, appreciate you, brother. At Rock Riley on Twitter. Last one for you. I imagine if you look at everybody who has been there and gone through some ups and downs with Jameis Winston, not that it was all his fault, of course, but just some ups and downs on this team and levels of disappointment. I don't know, and you can answer this, I don't know if there's a happier soul in Tampa than Mike Evans with the arrival of Brady. Is that accurate? That is it on the nose. And he hasn't done any media. He's a Fortnite guy. He will play. Instead of his kids and wife are busy, he will play till 4 o'clock in the morning. So he just plays Fortnite. Chris Godwin is doing a lot of interviews, and he's happy. And the tight ends are going to be happy. But, no, you're right. Mike Evans, it should be fun. Hey, Tom. 
Yeah, I can't wait, man. Well, you know, we'll chat because we have a lot. And this storyline in Tampa is one of the more compelling in all sports. So I appreciate you taking some time this morning, today, actually, in the afternoon. Thanks, Rock. I love it. You're the best. You got at Rock Riley is how you follow him on Twitter on the progressive guest line. WTMP, that's 97.5 FM, 1150 AM, 9 to 11 Eastern is where you can hear Rock on Tampa Radio and also Lightning Hockey Night Live. So this is, again, justifiable. Rams in five primetime games, I scratch my head and ask a question. Bucks, yes, I get it. All the other teams in the five primetime game mode, I understand. You can make a compelling argument that there is something or somebody, even Houston opening up to see, well, why is it Houston? That team, they get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. They've got maybe a new Chip Kelly budding down there. There is a lot of compelling things happening. They may not be good, but they're at least compelling. Rams, they're old hat. They're old news. Kick them to the curb. We'll wrap the hour next year on the second level. Yeah, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to ride till I can't no more. You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. Not that I was a huge fan of this song regardless, but now all I think of when I hear this is that stupid Sam Elliott Doritos commercial. Where his mustache is like going back and forth like a piano. Thanks for ruining my day, Culver. I appreciate it. That's what I'm here for. All right, let's look at this. Patriots, Niners, Chiefs, Bucks, Cowboys, Ravens, Packers. All of those, all seven of those teams hit the max with five primetime games. The eighth involved the Rams. Uh, just go down the list. The Patriots don't – do you don't even need to have a justifiable reason as far as why a Brady-less Patriots team would be in five primetime games? I mean, the country would love to see them go 0-5 in primetime. We just mentioned the team last year who loses in the Super Bowl has a pretty strong shot of getting right back there from a future standpoint. The Niners have compelling players. We saw that executed in the Super Bowl coverage. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. They've got the best quarterback in the NFL. Tampa has Tom Brady. The Ravens have the most electric player in the NFL in Lamar Jackson. The Packers. Are you kidding me with what happened in the draft? Four of the five primetime games, they'll be talking about Jordan Love half the time. And if this is it for Aaron Rodgers. And then you have just thrown in there. Oh, by the way, Dallas, right? We already know Dallas is Dallas. And I, I admit this in Philadelphia. They're a draw. And again, there's a similar, I hope they lose type draw, but they're a draw. And then you just have the, the Rams don't belong in there. They don't. They're not compelling. They don't have that storyline. I don't care about some boy genius coach who has yet to live up to that moniker. Now, before we get out of here, because it's a Friday show, it's the weekend, I did want to revisit this. I know we don't have much time here. But one of the real stories in fake news regard, regarding the concrete up on the moon. This is a real story. Yes. And our conclusion is basically that they're going to fill astronauts up with Gatorade and water on the ride up so that they have enough to 
turn or out. Just, or when while they're there. That's would be well, my yeah, thinking. Because I you, mean, you, you, you're cruising around in space. If you're building something, you're going to get thirsty. True, you'll get thirsty. But I thought they don't have water up there. Well, no, Only in the they, space station. Yeah, they bring it up in the uh, in the shuttle. Or the so, pod or whatever they're flying up there. Why not just fill the astronauts up with water themselves, and then you know you've got a guaranteed hose for the next thousand well, light that's years. That's what I'm saying, but got to keep replenishing. <laughs>